baklava. Baklava. What he said. <laughs> really good. Uh, but you guys are looking amazing this morning. Yeah, man, if we had a costume competition, you'd get the prize. Uh, you're looking incredible. Um, but this morning I wanted to take uh, a minute just to share some brief thoughts around our theme of International Sunday and what that means for all of us in terms of uh, our cultures. And because food is such a big part of Samoan culture, um, I'll, I'll keep it as quick as I can so we can get to lunch. And uh, if, you are, um, if you are visiting today or if you haven't brought anything for lunch, uh, don't worry, there's heaps. Please stay because we have to eat it all um, and you think that that's full. Uh, there's stuff sitting in uh, the kitchen still to be warmed up and also in the fridge. So uh, that's probably only some of the food. So there's plenty for everyone. Uh, if you want to hang around. If you're visiting with us this morning, a uh, special welcome to you. I'm Seth, and I'm the pastor here at Shore Elam. And uh, we are so uh, stoked and pleased that you've uh, decided to join us here this morning. Good Sunday to join us. Big lunch afterwards. <clears throat> um, but let's just pray uh, this morning. Heavenly Father, we just, uh, again, we just thank you for who you are and for all that you've done. Lord, we thank you, Father God, for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of uh, our ethnicities and our culture. And Father God, we thank you, Lord, for the gift of your presence. And, and we invite your presence to be here in this place and to have his way. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I wanted to kick off this morning by sharing uh, a little bit of my culture with you, uh, if that's okay. And uh, I have here what we call... Uh, what, what do you guys call it? A jandal? Yeah. A jandal? So uh, the Samoan word for shoe is um, se'evai. Everyone say se. Se'evai. And then you put the two together and it's se'evai. And se'evai just kind of means like slip leg if you translated it literally. So that's the, that's the Samoan word for shoe. Uh, and uh, this is a multi-purpose item. Um, so in, in the, the Samoan culture, you know, you kind of put it on your foot. And then you go for a walk down to the beach, or you walk over to your cousin's place in the next village. Um, but it also serves as a uh, disciplinary item. Um, so, you know, it kind of flies really... Oh. As you can see, it flies really well across the room, or uh, as they say in the islands, across the, the whale. Uh, so parents are very uh, attuned to kind of whipping it across the long room uh, to the head of the child. Uh, and get uh, pretty, uh, pretty good. I, I'm not speaking from experience or anything. I wouldn't know how to throw it. Um, but it's also really effective um, when it connects to the back of one's um, behind, uh, which uh, you know, you just walk through the streets of the islands and you'll hear. Like, hey, hey. And so, uh, so that's your little Samoan lesson here this morning. What, what was it called again? Sevai. Very good. But Pacific Island is a, uh, what was that, Eddie? Can you handle the jandal? Yes, yes, that's where the saying comes from. And uh, most of the time, you can handle it until it comes from mum. And then you can't. Um, but Pacific Islanders are pretty resourceful uh, people. And so uh, we, have, we actually have a number of household items that are also uh, <laughs> disciplinary tools uh, for mum and dad to use. But I was... Um, as some of you know, I was born in, in New Zealand, 
and mum and dad met over here uh, when they both came over to kind of seek a, a better kind of life. And so they wanted to bring us up as kids uh, within the New Zealand European culture. And so uh, they, they bought a house here and stayed here. But the thing is, everything that happened at home had the Samoan culture ingrained into it. Uh, you know, mum and dad didn't speak, especially dad didn't speak English very well. So the language uh, was happening at home. Um, in, in the Samoan culture, it was all about family, so we'd have to, you know, would be would be sitting down and doing prayer times together uh, as a family. Uh, we'd be doing big things with our extended families, and so every big celebration, uh, every big birthday, when I had my first Holy Communion in the Catholic Church, confirmation in the Catholic Church, my uncles uh, would come around at around one o'clock or two in the morning, and they would help Dad lay the umu. And so the umu is a Samoan oven, which is cooked on top of the ground. Uh, It's probably about, you know, you take those chairs there and then make a little square. It's probably about that big of an oven. Uh, The reason why it's that big is because you can't fit a whole pig in an oven. And so when the umu goes down, you know that the pig goes right in the middle. And then all the chickens go around the outside and then you lay hot rocks and so they would come over, and for, for half the night, they'll just be burning these rocks. And then uh, about six in the morning, they'd start throwing the meat in, and then we'd go to church. And by the time church was finished, we'd come home, and there'd just be uh, this feast. And so we used to do that uh, for every uh, celebration. And it was done with extended family. So at Christmas, uh, we'd always have, have Christmas with my mum's family. And, and would have to buy presents for everyone, which is really expensive, because it's expensive enough just buying presents for your own family. Uh, and so we would have to do that. And then uh, at New Year's, we'd, have, we'd always had New Year's with Dad's family uh, and with our cousins and stuff over there. And that, that wasn't as expensive, because after Christmas, everything goes on sale uh, and it's a bit cheaper. Uh, but we'd have to buy uh, presents for them. And, you know, it was always about family and food and celebration, and it was always a lot of fun. How many, who else comes from culture that's like that? Uh, that's just a whole uh, lot of fun. And because I had that in my upbringing, uh, and at the same time, I had the Kiwi culture, which mum and dad wanted us to kind of be brought up and uh, going on, I kind of realized... Uh, and I could see that there was something special about our national cultures. There's something special about where God um, has placed us in terms of the nation, in terms of the people group uh, that he's put us in. And so, uh, you know, I support, the, uh, I support the Kiwi League team. I support the All Blacks and all of that sort of stuff until they're playing Manu Samoa or Toa Samoa. Uh, and then I kind of have a battle with my girls. And, and my girls kind of, they... They pick the winning team, whichever one's playing. But, uh, but I, I support uh, my Samoan roots in that. But there's this richness uh, and this beauty uh, that every culture has to offer other cultures and has to offer people uh, in the world. And, and I mean every culture. And uh, the reason I say this is because I, I think, and if you're taking notes this morning, here's your first point. I believe that culture is a celebration of God's creation and creativity. Our diverseness is a celebration of God's creation and creativity. You know, in in Genesis, right at the very beginning, 
uh, when God created Adam, he said to Adam, fill the earth. He said, go and fill the earth. And later, and, and to, to fill the earth and create all these different nations and all these different cultures was a God idea. It didn't just happen. It was something that God thought of and that God designed from the beginning of time. And so later in Scripture, because of what man had started to do uh, in making uh, an idol of their own ability and an idol of their humanity, uh, in Genesis 11, I, I, uh, it is, uh, we read that the Lord said, if there's one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from, from there all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From that, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now, in that, in that passage of Scripture, it's talking about how man was building a city unto themselves or a city to worship. And, and so God goes, well, if they can do this, then they, they, can't, they can do anything. And so God kind of disbands them and, and confuses their language. That doesn't negate the fact that right from the beginning of time, God said to Adam, fill the earth. And at that point, God filled the earth with every nation and every tribe and every language. You know, at one point when, there's twice when God tells man to fill the earth. The first one in Genesis with Adam, and then when Noah came off the boat, God gave Noah the same instruction. Go fill the earth. And so I want to suggest that the nations are a celebration. It was a God idea. And it's a celebration of God's creativity and what God was able to do. You know, there are over 200 countries in the world with around 6,500 different languages. Man, that's only scratching the surface of how creative our God is. Amen? That is only just scratching the surface of what God can do. You know, in Acts 17, 26, we read, and he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times and the boundaries of their, their habitation. Every nation, even nations that seemingly look to have lost their way and completely turned their back on God, every nation was created by God. And so I believe it's important that we celebrate uh, the culture, that we celebrate uh, the people that God has sent us to be a part of. Uh, so long as what we're celebrating align, is aligned to and agrees with God's word and God's principles. And that's so important. Because I think that single point alone is the reason why many nations have turned away from God. Secondly, this morning, God cares for every nation. And if God cares for every nation, then maybe we should too. 
Matthew 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. You know, God desires that every nation hears the truth of the gospel, that every nation hears the truth of uh, the Son, Jesus Christ, that they are set free. Because that same love and that same truth that has set us free uh, is the same love uh, that God has for everyone around the world. And so we should share that love uh, with the cultural groups and the cultural people around us, uh, firstly, and then also with uh, our church family, especially with our church family. Revelation 7, verse 9 and 10, it says, After these things I looked, and this is John writing here, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. What a cool picture of what's to come. You know, I kind of look around and uh, see the flags that we kind of had displaying, see uh, how people are dressed, uh, and seeing our, our diversity and, our, and the vibrance sitting in this room. And, and, and I believe that God is smiling down on us. You know, I believe that, uh, you know, I believe that he's kind of looking on us um, with a really soft heart. Because in some small way, we are a reflection of what it's going to be like in heaven. In the vision uh, that we read of here in Revelation. But here's an important uh, application point. You know, there are profiles that, there are profiles that we place there are profiles that society places. There are profiles that uh, even uh, some ethnic groups themselves place upon culture that if we're honest, it causes us to judge people before we even encounter them by the way they look, by the way they behave, by the way they sound and speak. And you know, Genesis 1 verse 26, uh, God says, uh, God says, let us create man in our own image. And so God's sitting there, and he's, he's there with the Holy Spirit. He's there with Christ the Son. And it's, it's the three of them whose image we're created in. God, the triune God, whose image man is created in. And you know, if all men are created in, in the image of God, and if God created the nations, uh, then church, we need to stop looking at profiles. We need to stop looking at what everyone else says about any people group, about any nation. And we need to start looking for the image of God in people and for creation in their culture. Because we cannot minister to the heart of people 
when we've, re- when we've preoccupied with the wrong perception of the group they belong to. We cannot minister to the heart of a person if we're preoccupied by a wrong perception of their ethnicity, of the culture they belong to, of the group they belong to. Uh, I'm being challenged um, by this quite strongly in the marketplace. So learn to see Christ in people. Learn to see God's creation in their culture. And then finally this morning, your culture has a gift to offer other nations. Who believes that this morning? Whatever culture it is, whatever background it is, whatever roots there are, wherever you're planted now, your culture, your upbringing, uh, your family has taught you things that that are a gift to other cultures. You know, within your ethnicity, are things that God has naturally placed there for you to share. The way you celebrate is a gift. The way you speak is a gift. The way you look is a gift. The way you worship is a gift. And you know, though I, um, though I associate, that's my Psalm 1 side coming up. Though, though I associate um, with being a New Zealander, there are aspects of my um, Samoan roots which I believe play a huge part in what God has called me to do and with what God has called me uh, to share. You know, I've inherited a natural uh, musical gift that actually some people hate me for um, and don't really like uh, that I have. But it's a gift that doesn't just run in my family. It's very much a gift that runs in the Samoan culture. You go and sit in a church in Samoa and hear them sing. You go and sit in a family meeting and hear them celebrate. Strong congregational singing, powerful. They're the same in Fiji. But there's a natural gift You know, I've inherited a speaking gift that uh, hasn't just been developed and fine-tuned in New Zealand. It's a gift that comes from a lineage of chiefs, and not just chiefs, orators and public speakers, one of which my dad was in his village. There is a gift in your culture that God has given you to share with others. And it's always my pleasure to be able to share that gift with you guys. With our church family and with people in the kingdom of God. And so as we sit here in our diversity from uh, different nations and different languages, uh, united under our creator, we all have from our culture a gift that God has sent us and given us to share with others. I believe that. Tell the person next to you, your culture has a gift. Now look them in the eye and say, 
Now look them in the eye and say, share it. Here's our psalm again that we had at the start of the service. Psalm 86 verse 9. All nations which you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. If you ever need a reason to share your gift, shall glorify your name. There's your reason. If you ever need a reason to impart who God has made you, to impart the gift of who you are, to God's glory is the only reason we really need. That God will be glorified through our culture, through us. And so if you're from a nation that likes to shout praises to God at the top of their lungs during worship, you shout praises to God during worship. If you come from a nation where they like to dance during worship, then you dance during worship. If you're from a culture that likes to gather as families, then you start gathering around you your church family if you don't have your extended family here. And if it's in your culture to serve and to cook and, and to, to do hospitality and make meals for people, it's in my Samoan culture to eat it. <laughs> so go cook, go make meals, and any Pacific Islander here will be happy to help you out. I'm just saying, share it. But I want to tell you that God has placed within your culture a gift for other nations. You know what? We saw how many different nations we had in this church. God has placed within you a gift for everyone else and from every other nation in this church. So don't go trying to suppress your culture for the sake of trying to be like some other culture. The only other culture we should be trying to become like is kingdom. But the culture that God has given you in your gift, I believe, is a gift even to the kingdom. To share a song in your language, what a gift. To be able to share our national dress, oh, what a gift. How often do you see the pastor dressed in a skirt? Uh, in a, it's a lava lava. Be the blessing that God has sent you here to be. And you know, I, I, I can't wait uh, to celebrate this again next year and, and see how we can really start to bring out some more of the cultures that we've seen and get some more of you guys involved in sharing. Do a dance. Blessing the family of the culture that God has brought you in. Because your culture adds light. Your culture adds color. Your culture adds vibrancy. Your culture adds variety. And your culture is a blessing to this community. Amen? So if God has created you in his image and created the culture and the language that you come from, embrace it. And be the person that he's called you to be. Who can say amen to that this morning? Come on, why don't we stand and I'm going to close in prayer.